Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. And uh, it was a good week for Arizona basketball. They're coming off a sweep of the Bay Area schools. Uh, one of the wins was against Cal, the other being Stanford. Um, obviously, there is a difference in, in quality of opponents between the first two games. Um, Stanford is dropping a, a little bit, um, but still, it, it's impressive to win on the road. Had ASU not beaten Cal on Sunday afternoon, um, Arizona still would have been the only team in conference to get a road sweep, and they've done it twice. So there, there's something to be said for the success of the Wildcats, but um, we'll get that uh, to that in a bit. I, I thought, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, I like joking about it on the boards and Twitter, but it really is uh, unreal how playing Arizona can be the cure to all your ailments. Like a week ago, Oscar Da Silva had a 280-pound man fall on his head, Blood was on the court. Everyone, you know, was crying. It looked really bad. The stretcher came out. He was able to walk off on his own power with with a little bit of help. Will he return the season? Um, he missed like one game. Basically, he sat out ASU. Arizona came to town. He actually got stronger. He healed faster. It's like uh, Wolverine. You know, you heal quicker. Arizona's coming to town, and magically, he was able to play. Um, Arizona did not know he was playing until he started warming up. Stanford, from what I understand, um, did everything it could to keep it a secret. I'm not sure that like the Stanford scorekeeper, for instance, knew that Oscar De Silva was playing up until he got um, the starting lineup and De Silva started warming up. They, they did whatever they could in order to keep it a secret. Um, I, the reason I'm talking about the Stanford game first, or mostly, is because um, Cal's Cal. I, I think that Mark Fox has done a nice job this season. Um, you know, but really, the only hope they have for winning is that the opposition gets rattled by the ridiculously slow tempo uh, Cal runs. It's like 330th or something. It's it's Virginia esque, um, and gets frustrated, and they're able to take the team out of their game. That didn't happen. Arizona is just a much better team than Cal, and it took some time, but eventually, it kind of just worked itself out exactly how most of us uh, thought that it would. But the Stanford game was really interesting to me because while Stanford is falling, um, they're a bubble team. They're probably on the wrong side of the bubble after this week with a couple chances to get back on the right side. There's still six games left. But defensively, Stanford's still a really good team. Um, On Ken Palm, I believe that they're ninth now. Um, they are a very good defensive team. They could guard you at all positions. They are not easy to score on. Uh, Arizona fell a little bit into Stanford's trap with all the three-point attempts. Um, the, the attempts went down in the second half. The first half was ridiculous. Arizona was just putting up the first open look that they got, um, and it, it wasn't working out. Arizona wound up shooting 50% in the second half because it took much better looks and forced Stanford into transition. Um I, I do question Stanford's strategy in this game. 
Um, I thought that the strategy that they had with rebounding was not a good one. Um, the the key to beating Arizona is clear to me. You got to win the glass or at least come close to it. You got to attack the offensive glass, get your second chances, etc. Uh, I, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I would assume that Arizona's record while winning the rebounding battle um, is outstanding um, under Sean Miller this season, whatever it may be. Uh, Stanford, instead of going after the offensive rebounds, dropped back on defense in, in order to get um, back, in, in order to stop Arizona from getting in transition. And Stanford's not a good rebounding team to begin with, but when you're doing that, you're putting your team at a real disadvantage, and I felt that's what they were doing against Arizona. And, and Arizona took advantage. They out-rebounded Stanford 39-25. to The 89% rebounding percentage was by far Arizona's best of the season. Um, Stanford only had three offensive rebounds, barely scored off those. And really what you're doing is, yeah, you're stopping Arizona from getting out in transition, but you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot on your way to doing it. Um, Because Arizona, there's a lot of weapons. And Stanford's not a good offensive team. For as good that Stanford is on defense, it is not a good offensive team. Um, and, and you're really you're hurting yourself if you're Stanford because you're taking away from your offense and, and the ability to get some second-chance points that you probably would have needed um, to beat Arizona. So with that being said, um, it, it really is remarkable that Sean Miller is now 19-0 and against Stanford. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, it, it is absolutely um, insane that that Arizona is 19-0 and under Sean Miller and 20-0 and <laughs> in the last uh, 20 games. Has won 20 games in a row. And um, just for some historical context, Arizona's longest win streak versus Pac-12 teams, 38 games against Washington State from 86 to 2004, and then Stanford, the current streak from 2009 to 2020. Um, ASU, 17 all the way back to 1945. Oregon State, 17 Oregon, Utah, 12, USC, 11. Um, this, the lowest one is UCLA, which is only four, and that has happened um, only three times. Um, so really, um, the streak is uh, is pretty remarkable um, to kind of take a look at. When you consider that Stanford has had some decent teams, um, yes, there's been some struggles, but um, this, for instance, isn't a bad team. Um, but it, it's anytime you go on the road and you win games, um, it's a big deal. And when you think about it, I mean, Arizona had to shoot atrociously from three, was not a good three-point shooting team, um, had a very questionable whistle, uh, had Bryce Wills on Stanford uh, going completely out of his mind, playing a game that he's never played before in his life, The be- literally the best basketball game he has probably played in his life uh, came against Arizona. It took all that just to lose to Arizona by nine. Um, it never felt, and, and, I, and I, I'm pretty good at this, getting a feeling for games early on, it never felt like a game Arizona was losing. Yes, Arizona led for all but 52 seconds, and the only reason that they didn't leave for 52 seconds is because it was tied early in the game when the game first started. Um, but when you take a look at this game, at no point did I say to myself, man, Arizona's in trouble. I thought from the beginning Arizona was the better coach team with more talent across the board. Um, as good as Oscar De Silva is, he's not Zeke. Uh, what Zeke was able to do with Stanford was remarkable when you consider that every time Zeke got in the low post, Stanford was aggressively trapping. Um, that is That was their defensive strategy, and they didn't have any success doing it. 
Um, Zeke did a better job of passing out of the double team trap, and he did a much better move, uh, job of being so quick off the block that the trap couldn't make it. And what happens now is your defense is kind of um, discombobulated, and, and they don't know where to go, and, and Zeke took advantage of that and found some open guys. I watched the game again Sunday afternoon, and I got to say that I thought Arizona missed a ton of open looks. And they are a much better shooting team than they've shown. And it's one of those things where I don't know when it's going to happen. It may be this week. It may be next week. It may be the Pac-12 tournament. It may be the NCAA tournament. But one of these days, those shots are going to go in, and that other team is going to be pissed because it's going to be one of those games where Arizona shoots 55% of the field, makes 15 threes, and and beats a team uh, by 30. I I mean, it's just it's going to be – uh, that type of, of situation where um, there's nothing you could do and eventually those shots are going to fall. Arizona is a better shooting team. It, it, it's weird. It, it really is because a lot of the looks, like against UCLA, if you go back and watch that game, I know UCLA is getting a lot of credit, but I know that Arizona rewatched that game and said, man, we missed a lot of opportunities. And I rewatched that game and, and said the same thing because a lot of those looks were open. Like Zeke missed five, six layups in that UCLA game. He never missed. I mean, he made jumpers against Stanford, like, you know, no big deal. And he made those layups against Stanford that he had missed against UCLA. Um, and so overall, I, I just thought that Arizona played uh, a solid basketball game. You're at the point in the season where you take a win how you can get it. Once you hit that one month until, you know, the selection Sunday, you don't care about style points anymore. Like in March, nobody cares about style points. You're worried about, and this is my opinion, I know people disagree, you're worried about winning games. And the reason is you take a look across the country this past weekend, and you had numerous top 25 teams losing to teams that they had no business losing to. Um, You take Louisville. Most people would say Louisville is better than Arizona. Well, Louisville lost to Georgia Tech, and it lost to Clemson, two teams that are maybe worse than any team that Arizona's lost to this season, although I, I like Clemson. Um, I, I think they're decent. Um, it, it's just a type of situation where a lot can happen this time of the year with teams playing for their tournament lives, and I think that that's something that can't be understated with Stanford is had they beaten Arizona, they're on the right side of the bubble. But the fact that they were at home and now got swept, they're in trouble. And you know that they came out and said, look, we have to win this game. Um, and if we don't win this game, we're, we're in trouble with, with the NCAA tournament. Whereas Arizona is pretty much a lock to get in at this point, barring something crazy happening. Um, and so you're a team that's young going to uh, on the road facing a team that's completely desperate. And Arizona did more um, than, than hold its own. Uh, after the game... Jared Haas, the the Stanford coach, said, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And this kind of caught me off guard. He, he basically said that Stanford had the perfect offensive strategy, that he loved Stanford's offensive strategy, and sometimes shots just don't go in. Um, I thought Arizona defended really well. Um, you take away Bryce Wills going out of his mind. Tyrell Terry, yes, he left in the second half, but he was a complete 
non-factor in that basketball game. Averaging 15 points and barely saw the rim. Dejon Davis uh, did absolutely nothing. Oscar DeSilver got most of his points at the line. Whatever. Um, nobody else really did anything. Uh, I thought that, you know, Bryce Wills, yeah, he got his credit to him, but Arizona's defense in the game was just fine. And I know Stanford's not a great offensive team, but it's just it's kind of weird hearing, and I like Jared Haas, but it's kind of weird hearing an opposing coach saying, I loved our offensive game plan, when their offensive game plan led to 60 points. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I thought Arizona stopped it uh, rather well. In addition, uh, a couple other things. I try not to complain about refs. I, I really do. Uh, I try not to complain about refs. <laughs> you watch uh, you watch the Pac-12 uh, refing, and uh, it, it's just that was one of the worst ref games I've seen in a while. <laughs> it, uh, it it really was, and uh, it, it's it's not the it's 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 the inconsistency. Because what happens is, you know, the first half you're letting guys play. Yeah, there's a bad foul here and there, so be it. The second half, it's just, it's the reason why people struggle to watch college basketball. Um, because it, there's just no rhythm and flow to it. Like, here you are, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, trying to watch a basketball game. Most people aren't watching a, a Saturday night, 10 o'clock basketball game between Arizona and Stanford. But the people that are, uh, are tuned in to see two teams play. That you know, Obviously, they're rooting for one or the other, or they're a college basketball fan. I thought that second half was insane with the whistles. I do think it was a little questionable for Arizona, but um, do I think it cost Stanford the game or Arizona the game? No. Um, but I thought there were fouls like Zeke goes the entire first half without fouling and picks up three fouls. Um, Nico's charges, um, I saw Sam Vicente tweet the same thing. Those are not charges in the NBA. They're not getting called. You can't slide up while a guy's in the air, a guy gets knocked down, and you get a charge called. Um, that would be a play on in the NBA. And it just it got to the point where, you know, I, I jokingly said, man, I'm looking forward to Jordan Maines being in this game, but it wasn't that much of a joke. Like, you kind of, you kind of wondered if it was going to reach the point, and Don McLean said the same thing. I'm curious to see who's on the court at the end of the game. And he said, why is it a foul tonight, but it wasn't a foul Thursday? And I've always said, look, if a ref is going to be bad, he's going to be bad, but he better be consistently bad. And I think that's the thing that's the most frustrating with Pac-12 refs or college basketball refs in general this season. It's not just the Pac-12. is you don't know what you're going to get. And in a way, I, I think it hurts you in the tournament. Because let's say Arizona goes from a game like Saturday against Stanford where everything was called. And they get like a Big East ref in the NCAA tournament. And they're allowed to kill each other. Like I, I do think it plays a factor. I don't know if it costs teams games. But I do think that there's an adjustment period that in reality there shouldn't be in college basketball. Um, but back to the game. <laughs> um, one player to me, and he might be the player of the game beyond Zeke. Um, actually, I should say there's two players uh, beyond Zeke. Number one, uh, Josh Green. What I liked about Green is he got to the line. He took his jumpers when they were open, and otherwise he was aggressive to the basket. That is 100% the way that he should always be playing. Um, teams are not guarding Josh Green. If you go back and watch the Cal game, they straight up did not guard him. You go back in UCLA, they didn't guard him. Well, now they watch the Stanford tape, and they're saying, okay, we might have to guard this kid. We're, you know, we'll consider it. I bet you Oregon State doesn't guard him. I bet you they, they sag off him and say, you want to take that three, so be it. Um, he's got to be able to hit that three, yes, but he's good enough that even when a team is sagging off, he can get in the lane and draw a foul. 
And I think he did a really good job of that against Stanford. And he was able to get the line. He finished with 15 points. And it was the, the most in weeks that he's played within himself. And Josh Green takes a lot of heat, and, and rightfully so, for the way he's been playing. But I am steadfast in my opinion that he is a much better basketball player than he has shown. He is a good defender and will always be a good defender, which is the main reason why he's still starting. Um, but beyond that, he's a better offensive player than he's shown. Against Stanford, I loved his offensive game. He got in the lane. He got fouled. He recognized at times that the man in front of him couldn't guard him. Against Oregon State, for instance, I'm sure they're going to play a zone, but the man in front of Josh Green won't be able to guard him. He's very athletic. He has a quick first step, and he's better than most guys in this league in terms of athleticism. The problem is they sag off him. They say shoot the jumper, and he does that instead of taking it to the lane. Um, I think he needs to kind of find a medium, a, a middle ground. And once he does that, he'll be a much better offensive player. And when you're better off with the player, the other parts of your game pick up as well. The other player I think really stood out was Jamal Baker. Sean Miller made a point of mentioning it after the game. Josh Green did as well. Nico Mannion got in foul trouble because of those whatever charge calls. And, and Jamal Baker had to come in. And he handled the point really well. Um, the box score is only going to say eight points. Okay, shooting three rebounds. Um, but he was able to run the offense, and defensively, um, he was pretty good that game as well. And, and that's the role that Jamal Baker needs. He, he doesn't need to score 20 points. Would it be great if he scored 20 points a game? Of course it would. Is that his main role in the team? No. Um, his role in the team is going to be to run the point effectively and do so when a guy like Nico is hurt or injured or, or in foul trouble or whatever it may be, and then come off the bench and provide a spark. Um, and I think he did exactly that um, against Stanford and deserves credit because of it. Um, so basically that that's kind of a, just a brief summary of what happened this weekend. I, I think anytime you could go on the road and win two games, it's a big deal. When you look around college basketball this season, it is a much bigger deal. Um, the committee, for instance, and, and I know that it's a long way and Arizona's had a, a bad loss or two, but the committee, when they did that selection mock show, even said Arizona's lack of road wins or prom. Well, all of a sudden, Arizona's got four road wins. Um, they've got an opportunity to pick up only two more, but they've got four road wins. And, and that's that's pretty solid when you kind of take a look at college basketball um, and, and the teams that were ahead of uh, of Arizona. So now something that you could use as an excuse to drop Arizona uh, maybe isn't uh, an excuse anymore because you take a look at a team like Maryland, four road wins. Arizona's got four, by the way. Okay, West Virginia, three. Colorado, Michigan State, four. Uh, Ohio State, three. Marquette, three. Texas Tech, two. Oregon, four. Well, all of a sudden, Arizona's right up there with teams, major teams and road wins. Um, you know, and if they're not, they're one off. So it is a situation where you're taking a look at tournament teams. Um, Purdue, three. Florida, three. Stanford, two. Illinois, four. I mean, I could keep going. You know, Butler, four. Uh, Villanova, five. So even if, like, there's a team has more than Arizona. You take you, you ignore the top five in the country, that, you know, because those teams are top five for a reason. Arizona's right there with anybody with road wins. And, and so that will not be an excuse come um, selection Sunday. So things get more interesting when, when Arizona wins on the road. Uh, later in the week, we'll have a preview. Arizona's still in the Pac-12 title race. This is a huge week. Um, if you figure it's going to sweep its home games and, and – uh, split on the road, that would likely be enough to win a conference title, you would assume. 
um, that to be the case. Obviously, Colorado's kind of the, the outlier and the team that everyone's got their eye on right now. But um, this is a very, very big week. It's hard to imagine Arizona being able to win the conference title um, should it split this week in terms of quad one and all that stuff, um, beating Oregon and Oregon State would, would be a big deal. Can't lose to Oregon State. Beating Oregon would be – Arizona doesn't have many opportunities for for a big win. It's basically Oregon and USC. Those are the two big games uh, uh, available for Arizona to get a quad one, uh, that rating win. And, and so it, it's a big, big week. Um, we'll get to that later, though. We'll, we'll have a podcast coming up in the next few days to discuss um, the Oregon State matchup as well. Uh, once again, I thank you for joining me. I'm Jason Shear of WildcatAuthority.com, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.